This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Charlie Baker. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, uh, we were joined by actor Mickey Cochran, uh, who is... uh, Producing and performing in a one-man show based on the life of the cruiserweight world champion Glenn McCrory, uh, called Carrying David. It's a wonderful thing, uh, and uh, he was on great form. Lovely it was really good, as well, wasn't it? Really nice, really nice guy. Uh, the racing league has been unfolding over the last uh, few weeks, and Rupert Bell and Lizzie Kelly, who bring us racing here on Talksport, they are both team managers. So they indulge in a bit of classic bants, a bit of to and fro. And Rupert admitted to a very, very odd fear, didn't he? He did. I found that a very... I don't know why he went on that tangent. I don't know. He did, but he brought it to us and... uh, He wanted to share with the group. I think he did. I think he did. And uh, we brought you the birthday spread, uh, as always. And we had a chat and you got involved. It was one of those. So here it all is. Birthday spread. Fine form in the birthday spread, really. It's just a, a, what, a, what an opponent he's proving to be. It's a, it's a very difficult thing all week, Paul, to not look at them. Birthdays. Well, not to do any research, any cheating at all. Yeah, well, that's good. Just you, have to be aware you're of it. You're telling me you haven't. Yeah? I haven't at all. I never do. I know this sounds Excellent. like a guilty man saying, I didn't do it and I've not done <laughs> it. And if I do really well, it's not my fault. No, but you know. So it is seven minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Charlie. And afternoon, uh, with the new signings comes uh, all the clubs in the transfer window, comes the rush to the club shop to get that player's name yes, on the back of, of your shirt. And of course, that brings its own problems. A number of uh, club shots, uh, club shops have been finding. Um, Birmingham City's club shops run out of ease. Have they? Yeah, yeah. That's they're, right. not, they're not sorted for ease. No, they're <laughs> not sorted for ease um, because yeah, Troy Dean has gone there, so we've got an ease shortage. So oh they'll gosh. be they'll be hurriedly doing that. Um, same thing happened at the Manchester United shop. They ran out of V's. Oh, we can understand Ra- it. V's, you? you'd under order V's. Well, this is. I'll give you that one. Then when I worked at Chelsea. Um, Graham Lasso re-signed for the club. The X. Well, they didn't have How a lot of X's. Are they going to have? I just, I think that was when I sort of went in to see the manager of the club shop, the head of. Uh, I said, "Well, Graham Lasso's coming back. He's going to come and sign later because I needed a shirt yeah. for him to hold up." 
So um, he said, oh, I don't know where we're going to get X's from. <laughs> so that was his first thing. It's not like I was great to see Graham back, what a fine yeah. England fullback he is. It was, oh, we're going to get the X's yeah. Xavier, um, trying to think yeah. of other, other X's that I suppose, I mean, I mean, how long do you have to wait for a kind of new ship? Oh, we can't get in there stuck on <laughs> the Suez Canal. Could have used that one. <laughs> stuck on the Suez Canal. Have you ever had to improvise? Have you gone into the club shop <laughs> and thought, well, this is what I really wanted, but yeah. it's, it's not happening, so I'll just improvise. Yeah. Uh, so look, do let us know if, if you've been a victim of that and how long you had to wait for that. Jan, Ve- Jan Venegor of Hesselink was always oh, yeah. the one, wasn't it? You know, always the one that seemed very expensive. Yeah, that, that's always, yeah. <laughs> just Yan on the back. Yeah. Go over that. <laughs> Talksport.com, text 1889, tweet TSH&J. Martin Lipton's going to be uh, joining us a little bit later on. We're going to hear from him. He's just heading back from uh, Portugal after witnessing uh, history. Cristiano Ronaldo uh, becoming uh, the player who scored the most goals. Uh, Amazing. In men's football, of course. He's uh, on Nelson in, now, of course, isn't he? 111. 111 he is, that's Might right. never score ever again, Paul. It was a bit tight on the Republic of Ireland, who played very well. But we'll talk to Martin about what it was like over there, witness that in person. We'll uh, look at the Hungarian team as well, Jonathan Wilson. He wrote the book on Hungarian football, literally. I'm so, going to ask him... Why? Well, why you wrote a book yeah, about Hungarian yeah, football? Yeah, I wonder why you'd, you'd choose that. I'm as sure a... that'll get him on side. That's great. Yeah, Jonathan, no, thanks I mean, for coming. Obviously... Why don't you waste your time doing that for, mate? He's obviously a brilliant writer, but you sort of go, what a strange sort of subject to write it no, on, no, though. No, if you look no, at the okay. story, I mean, you've seen an excerpt of one of the stories I have. today. I have, very Our interesting. Our typewriter salesman was yeah. instrumental in making Hungary one of the great forces in world football. That's one story of about... 50 similar ones. I can it's, see it. I'm not going to be allowed to open the interview. God. What have you done this for? You're lethal, you are, Charlie. <laughs> Hello, Jonathan. What do you write about? Anyway, uh, let's uh, let's head to uh, the Oval and uh, oh, yeah. a slightly more considered take Smashing morning. on uh, the morning's play. Yeah, John Norman is there. John, I've got to be honest, I looked up at the telly at 25 for no wicket, thinking, oh, dear, they could have done with one by now. It's, it's going to be getting to them. But suddenly the ball seemed to be doing a bit more and uh, and, and the wickets did come. Yeah, certainly did, especially when Chris Wokes came on to bowl. He bowled uh, one delivery which moved, you know, off the uh, off the pitch, uh, off the seam. I mean, it looked like a, a leg break, essentially. Bowled about 85 miles an hour and it was a follow-up ball, really, that did for Rohit Sharma getting some lift um, and Sharma uh, edging behind. And, and that actually was in a period of play. They very often say, it's not the, don't look at the ball that uh, got the wicket, look at the balls that preceded it. And England bowled 43 dot balls to India, uh, who did get off to uh, a decent start, 28 without loss, uh, but that became 28 for two, because in that period of 43 dot balls, there were those two wickets, um, and really the pressure was just mounting and mounting. There was a, an inside edge back pass of stumps. There was a, a Rohit Sharma just chipped short of mid on. Um, so, yeah, look, England have bowled brilliantly well today. It was uh, a win the toss and bowl kind of morning. But uh, as you say, when the ball wasn't doing quite as much as what we saw in the morning at Headingley, you wonder whether maybe Joe Root called or rather decided uh, incorrectly. But at lunch with a score 54 for three, you'd have to say... Uh, once again, he's made it uh, made it count. When you're out of Nick, the way that uh, Virat Kohli is, John, you probably don't want to come in in circumstances like this. Mm. But he's, you know, he, he's taken them on. He's hit three fours. He's been quite positive, really, considering the situation. Uh, Jadeda's not looked quite as uh, no. quite as good. Certainly not before lunch. He looked a bit iffy, didn't he? Oh, it looked terrible. I mean, uh, for for all that, uh, I mean, very, essentially, Verrick Coley's his feet started to move. Mm. Um, there was a couple of nice shots down the ground, 
you know, look the class player that he is. But at the other end, Ravindovic, Sadeja, you know, he's so keen not to get caught behind. You know, he was struck on the pad, shouldering arms, one ball whistle past the outside of uh, uh, off stump. He's, he's leaving on length as much as anything, but he looks all over the place. And it was a real surprise when he came down the steps and out onto the field. I thought it was that guy back again. You know, it was like Jarvo. So he's not, it's supposed to be Rahane. Who's this guy? Oh, it's it's Shadeja. Yeah. So, um, yeah, strange from India. And you just feel they're, they're making some curious decisions. Again, Ashwin left out. Can you really um, yeah. afford to leave out the second best bowler in the world? Mm. They've gone in with a very weak looking, um, I mean, Pant at six. Um, I mean, you've got to say, the we spoke about this yesterday. The knives are out for Kohli. And uh, nothing that I've seen today in terms of the team selection, um, the shot selection, the, the order selection, uh, suggests that uh, those knives are going to be put away anytime soon. Thanks, John. Back to you later. Cheers, guys. Uh, John Norman there Thanks, at uh, the Oval. Also interested here, apart from uh, having to improvise, whether you were an outlier when it came to club shirts or whether someone... Because occasionally you will see someone at the ground with a name on the back. Yeah. And it's a you know there's just a player that never gets their name on the back of a shirt. You know, a fairly unglamorous player. Yeah. So if you've been the outlier, you've said, well, I couldn't get the one, <laughs> so I'm going to go for this guy. Yeah. Or, or, or the new signing. I wonder if many people have gone with Royale on the back of the shirt, just oh. hope he's good. You never know, do you? Because you're sight exactly. unseen. I mean, you just don't know, do you? know, you've, You put somebody's name... Might be good. It's you, quite a commitment you're making there. If you go to the... My son supports Oxford United, and if you go to the Oxford United club shop towards the end of this, well, sort of a couple of months to go, you get all the people who've been there and not quite made it in the reserves. Yeah. All, all their shirts are on the sale rail. <laughs> <laughs> that must make you feel special yeah. when you go into We're the like, club shop. We're like, who's he? You know? yeah. <laughs> who's that? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Development courtesy of Lewis on the okay. world of um, shirts, names and numbers. I went to the Monaco Grand Prix and I wanted a Monaco away shirt. 
but there was only one left in my size, says Lewis, and it had one that had not been picked up by a customer, so it just said, <laughs> Mickey 89. He doesn't know why. He said, I wanted Ben Yedder, but beggars can't be choosers. But have you ever done Mickey that? Mickey 89, you do just get to get those, the shirt. You do get those shirts, and you yeah. think, well, someone didn't go and pick that up, but if you don't mind having sort of Arthur on the back of it, 23. Yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. We have asked you this afternoon about uh, some of your football shirt tales and uh, when you've had to improvise uh, occasionally uh, with names and numbers. Uh, our old mate Crackers, who we, we heard from outside the Spurs training ground, has been in touch. He said, I was helping out the celebrity soccer tournament. We had a game at the King Power one Sunday a couple of years back. A last-minute inclusion of a player called Llewellyn saw me pop into the club shop to get a game shirt hurriedly printed. Of course, when I got there, they had no L's. I was going to say, no L for Llewellyn. <laughs> it's a disaster. So the club shop manager and I set about Cashbus Michael's uh, number ones with a pair of scissors. <laughs> and in the end, the back of the shirt looked like a ransom note, he says. <laughs> Crackers, thank you. Keep those coming. We have some really good ones. Talksport.com, text 18. 89 tweets TSH and J. Now, a um, couple of years back, our next guest was with us in the studio, very much looking forward to playing the part of the former uh, world cruiserweight champion, Glenn McCrory, uh, in the play of Glenn's autobiography, Carrie and David. And uh, everything was set fair. Um, and then, of course, uh, in time, the pandemic struck and derailed that, uh, which was a great blow to uh, Mickey Cochran, uh, who plays Glenn uh, in the play. Good afternoon, good, good to see you, Mickey. Good to see you. Nice to see you. Yeah, I mean, say so last time we spoke, everything everything was looking good. You had a big theatre lined up in Newcastle to perform the play, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we were playing uh, Newcastle Theatre Royal, which, uh, if you're from the northeast, is kind of the pinnacle, really. Massive, massive theatre. And uh, all the build-up was, was looking well. We were coming to London to play a few dates as well, and then, and then COVID struck. And we didn't really know what was going to happen at the time. It was kind. Of, I was, you know, I was getting fit for the role, and the writer Ed had said to me, "Just keep going and just and just stay fit," you know. So I did for about sort of five, six weeks, and then had to yeah. kind of uh, give up on that and just eat some chips. But um, <laughs> I was going to say because yeah. you know, obviously, you're playing a boxer in the prime of his life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the rest of us may have put on the odd pound over the pandemic. And, <laughs> yeah. And so, did you just drop it completely, or? I did, did for a bit, you know, it was it was strange really, it was all very surreal. I think if if we known at the time, you know, if somebody said it's gonna be six months or it's gonna be a year, this is how long it's gonna take, then you can get your mind around it. Yeah. But because we didn't know what was gonna happen, mm. I just kinda carried on. And I was, you know, I got I got a home gym gym and went running and all mm. that sort of stuff. And then I just thought, this is not gonna happen, is it? So uh I cracked open a few tins and <laughs> just kind of gave up on the idea, you know. Yeah, it's it's worth telling us a bit more about about the play, yeah. um, because it's not it's not just Glenn McCrory's mm. story, is it? Carrie and David, there's a reason that was the name of his his brother. Yeah, and a lot of it is about his relationship with his brother, isn't it? So probably worth kind of telling us. Yeah, yeah. So it's taken from Glenn's autobiography of the same name, and we follow Glenn's career, but we also follow the life of his brother David. Um, and they, they had this amazing close bond. He was an adopted brother, and Glenn was closest in age to him, so Glenn got to spend a lot of time with him. And, and the reason it's called Carrie and David is um, he he had a terminal illness, David, which meant he couldn't walk very well, and yeah. he slowly you know, lost the use of his limbs and speech and stuff like that. But he used to make Glenn late for school because he would walk with him, and he, he, he couldn't walk as, as quick, and Glenn would get the cane, and, and one day he just picks him up, sticks him on his back, and they run to school. 
and they just they just end up you know they have this amazing relationship and it's the stories is as much about david really and about how david's bravery and, and courage drags glenn back from his darkest moments i mean he lost a whole lot of fights he was badly mismanaged yeah and he was seriously thinking about giving everything up but he had this brother who was defying all expectations just by being alive so he kind of took his example and, and he came back as a cruiserweight he was a heavyweight and he goes on to become a world champion and and david lives long enough to see glenn fulfill that dream so mm. it's both of their dream really it's not all about glenn you know i think it's really interesting that yeah. you know you were saying before that you're doing the whole thing yourself you know producing helping the writing and directing yeah. it yourself doing ticket sales doing the whole thing but also you're out there on your own every single night and i and i think when actors work by themselves a lot of the time it's the as close as they get to to boxing is actually the closest analogy you can get because mm, yeah. when you're a boxer it's just you isn't mm, it mm, it's just mm. you taking the punches every single night no one else can do it for you mm. and, and as an actor to walk out on your own and not have any, anyone else next to you or anyone to bounce the lines off it's just you isn't it so you must be able to find some common ground there yeah yeah well i did talk to glenn about this because he's, he's done a bit of acting himself and mm. and i said is there you know is there a similar thing about you know a kind of the build-up that you use and you know, boxing can be very theatrical as well and and I, I said, what what made you more nervous walking on stage or going into the boxing ring? Mm. And, he, and he said, walking on stage, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he was used to the to the whole boxing world. But there's a way of, especially when you're doing a one man show, you have to kind of detach yourself from everything that's happening around you. So you have to kind of forget it and get into your kind of zone, and get ready and do your preparation and all all of that sort of thing. So I think in a way, it's pretty similar, like the, the, how you deal with the nerves and how you use it. And, and not burning up too much nervous energy to be yeah. able to go out and perform night, you know, night yeah. in night out. I think. Mm. Yeah. The um, as Charlie was saying, you're producing, you're producing it, you're doing everything yourself. This because Ed War was not available to mm. do that at the moment. The writer who produced it before. Um, so it's clearly a sort of passion project for you, isn't it? You otherwise this play probably wouldn't have been performed. But you you care about it and you care about playing the part, yeah. don't you? Absolutely, I think I think it's an amazing story. I mean, really, it, it's an amazing achievement. I mean, we've been watching England in the summer and, and, and them getting to the final. I mean, Glenn was the first boxer from the northeast to become a world champion, which mm. is which is something in itself to celebrate. But it's really, really, it's it's inspirational. It's it's kind of triumph over adversity. I think about never give, never giving up on your dreams. And when when we were cancelled last year, I was I was very frustrated. I was a little bit angry. And, and Glenn got in touch and he, he said to me, look, the story is a good story and it's mm. inspirational and it's the kind of story that people will want to see. Mm. And, I, and I just think it's a big play. I think it deserves to be on, on, big, on a big stage. And, you know, we, at the end of the show, we recreate the World Championship fight. Mm. And I don't think there's been many things done like that on stage. Yeah. And I've done loads and loads of boxing. To the point, I'm wondering, should I should I have a little fight? But don't they get hit in the face? Yeah, definitely should. That's the thing. You you trained with Glenn, didn't you? Yeah, the first time around before you performed. Yeah, first time we did it. It was just it was to get his style because he was very very light on his feet and he was a good technical boxer. And what Ed did the first time round, he he just sat down with Glenn and he said, "Look, describe to me the fight round by round," and he wrote everything that Glenn said to him. So it's all, you know, he's fighting Patrick Lumumba in this championship, 300 yards from where he lives, all of the build-up, and then everything in the ring, when he got hit, the big punches he landed, yeah. he gets his eardrum perforated. Yeah. So it's, I didn't want it to be 
too theatrical. I wanted it to look. I wanted it to look real. Mm. Um, when I first read it in the script, I thought, how on earth are we going to do this? But everybody who came to see it absolutely loved it. And so I, I needed it to look as close to Glenn as it as was possible. Yeah. Um, so he showed me his boxing style, and then I've just been training ever since. It's, mm. it's great. Yeah. Well, we, we, sp- we spoke to Glenn about the play, and... He finds it, he admits, he finds it difficult to watch. Mm, he said, because mm. it's my life. And, yeah. and I, I, every time I watch it, it brings it all back to me. He said it's mm. very emotional for mm. him. Mm. I had a conversation with him about, about David as well. And he really sees it more as David's story than his. Um, and even just having a conversation with him, he, he started to crack up and it, and, it, and it got to him, you know. And so I kind of left it at that. But I've met his family as well. I, I was out with his family last week. And they're really close-knit, down-to-earth people. And, you know, it's just this remarkable thing happened to him in his hometown, 300 yards from where he lived. And his brother happened to be there. His brother, who wasn't expected to live beyond 15, mm-hmm. was still there at, at the age of 26, yeah. mm. supporting him in the crowd. He couldn't walk, he couldn't talk, but he was there. And so it's, it's very, still very raw with Glenn. When he talks about it, you can still see. He, think, he thinks about it a lot. But it's a tribute to him, and I've said to Glenn as well, I want to take this play as far as I can for you as well so you can pay tribute to your brother, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's... it's. I mean, his family came to see it in Stanley on the 30th anniversary, and that nearly had me in tears. I had to kind of forget that they were, were in yeah. the audience, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, it's just a lovely story. It's very heartwarming. Yeah. And what else have you got going on? So when, when, the, when the pandemic hit, um, a lot of people in the industry there... Jobs just disappeared, and I'm assuming you had to make a living somehow. And yeah, I, I went out doing delivery driving. I was mm-hmm. going around the bend. I had a one-year-old child who didn't say much, and it was just <laughs> me and him in the house. You know, yeah. I, I kind of I had four. I had four plays that year, and everything just disappeared one yeah. by one. Mm. Just an email that's gone, that's gone, that's gone, and you kind of think you do think, shall I do something else? So that was part of the reason why I wanted to bring this back as well. I thought it deserves to be on, but I want to be doing what I want to do. Mm. Um, and I believe in the story that much. So it's, it's, it's almost, I'm relieved. Mm, I'm relieved yeah. that it's going to go ahead. Yeah. Because at, at times I thought it's not going to. I got COVID at the start of July as well. And I lost Nelly Stone. Oh. And I thought, I think this show's cursed. Maybe you just give up. Yeah. I couldn't eat the chips anymore, you know no, what no, I mean? No. I had to put the can, can in your, on in your pants on the scales. Yeah. 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 We've seen it. But I just I think that whole experience yeah. has made me more determined to put the show on and, mm. and for as many people as possible to see it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And those other projects that were in the pipeline, are they starting to come back? Or I mean, do, what from from the industry's point of view, do you think some of those have sort of gone forever, sadly? Well, maybe. I mean, I I'm doing a, a lovely Christmas show. That's that's definitely back this year, but I haven't heard about the two other projects. Sure. So we just we just don't know. And I'm kind of just taking it every day as it comes, you know what I mean? I hope we can maybe for this show, attract a couple of producers to the London shows mm. that can come and see it and they might mm-hmm. think, let's take it on and do something else with it. Yeah. But uh, I think anything is a bonus at the moment, really is. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. What was your what was your route into acting then, Mickey? Uh, it's my mother's fault, really. I was um <laughs> I was I was good at acting at school, but it's when you when you're young and you're from from the area I'm from, you just tend to think that it's not for you. You know, I, yeah. I love football. I was really good at football. I just thought I was going to play for Newcastle, so I didn't really think about anything else. But I also loved drama at school. Mm. But they kind of didn't go, they weren't compatible, and, you know, you got the Mickey taken out of you. 
Uh, and so for years, I didn't really do anything. I sang in bands, so I was always performing. And it was my mother who said, why don't you try and do the acting thing? Yeah. So I went and did a degree. I um, I went for an audition. I was working night shifts at the time. I came off the night shift, did this audition, got accepted immediately, and then thought, what, what on earth have I done? I don't know anything about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the end of the, the degree, I was the only one who got an agent. But I think it was because I just had this attitude of, I enjoy this, just get up and do it. I wasn't yeah. thinking about all of the mm. other things. Yeah. And so I've been a professional actor ever since. Um, mm. I'm still bewildered by it, but, you know, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Word on Newcastle, what does Steve Bruce need to do to pick oh, it all up? You know what it is? I've been thinking about this. This is, uh, this is the one season where I've never really looked. I haven't looked at it and felt nervous. Yeah. Especially for the last 10 years. to go years. down, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and I think, you know, obviously we all know what's happened with the owner and everything else over the last sort of 15 years. Every year I've at the start of the season felt nervous about relegation. This year I thought we came back so well last year that I'm not too worried about it. Now, it's you know, obviously we've had a pretty poor start of the season. It's really hard because I, I think last year everybody was talking about attacking football and we were really dire. And it looks like we're attacking, but we're now we're a bit loose at the back. Mm. It's, that, it's that middle yeah. ground now, isn't it? Of um, you know trying to eke out a few wins. It's not always pretty, and it's not it's not the way we do it. Just need to get some points on the table. You I sense they'll be okay, Mickey. Don't you? Yeah. you kind of think. I think I we've mean, got enough. Yeah, they have. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Great forward of, line if you can keep them. That's it. Yeah, you know? yeah, and yeah, they kept yeah. to maximum. They've got you know they've got they've got goals in them and Definitely. stuff. I'm amazed so. we've kept him. I, you know, and I, don't, I know. I, well, I, I am. I can't, <laughs> I, but yeah, I can't understand that. What were there any bids? At Torquay, you know? we often have players. I go, they're too good for us. What are they still doing? You sort of feel the same. Don't say anything about them. I think if he shaved your head. <laughs> you shaved your head, shaved your beard off. You could yeah. do the one man show of Shearer. <laughs> yeah. I think that could be the, ne- the next great northeast one manner. Yeah, could yeah. Well, you could play Shearer. That's a great story, isn't it? A man who's. who's I'm not doing football on stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to do a one handed yeah, goal celebration. It. That's all you need to do. So, where can we see it, Mickey? Yeah. Where, where can people see Carrie yeah. and David? So, I brought me flyer just in case. So, we, we start next Wednesday in, uh, in Blythe in, mm-hmm. in the northeast. Then we come down to London, uh, the Canal Cafe, and play from the oh. 10th to the 12th. And then back to the northeast to play the Queen's Hall Centre in Hexham. And then Durham on the 16th at the Gala Theatre, 17th Time Theatre. On the 18th, we go to Annick in Northumberland. Mm. And then we go to Barnard Castle, the Witham. So Ooh, it's, nice. it's like a real sort of spread, you know yeah. what I mean, around the northeast. Lovely places. And the London, I think the London venue seems to be like a really sort of cool venue and yeah, Glenn, Glenn's venue. coming to see it on the Friday oh, on the great. 10th so that'll be good yeah. brilliant yeah. Um, is, there, is there a website people can get all the details have we got something yes, up or, yes. or Twitter or whatever all the all the links are on Wisecrack Productions so if you just go there all the dates and links are there um, I mean I, 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 would I be able to just give a quick thank you to my sponsors for this as Absolutely well who, not. who've made it happen yes. <laughs> my sister's one of them alright sister's alright just very quickly I mean, <laughs> yeah. Sun Health have been helping me with the meal prep uh, sure. to, to get in to get into shape uh, Darren Bainbridge of DB Stockholm who flew from Sweden to see it in Belfast the first time we uh, we did it and said mm. you know it's great I'll help you out and the third one is Enhanced Conservatories who Glenn's an ambassador for and does adverts in the northeast. Oh, yeah right so I thought I'll approach them this oh, is a no brainer so they said yes to that as well right. yeah. so I thought I've got to mention them because without them the show wouldn't have gone ahead so um, you know thanks they put the money in for it uh, and yeah, Wisecrack Productions. All of the all the links are there. Yeah. Um, 
and just yeah, I think I think it's a fantastic story. It's not all about boxing. It's it's entertaining, and you'll be surprised by some of the things that happen. Yeah, yeah. we'll put a link uh, to Wisecrack on Thank the you. TSHNJ, yeah. so we'll put it on our Twitter feed so people can follow that. But uh, we wish you well, then, Mickey. Thank you very Lovely much. Lovely to see you again. Thank We're you. glad it's it's going to it's get to a wider audience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is brilliant. So thanks very much. Thank you very much. Go and see uh, Mickey Cochran as Glenn McCrory uh, in Carrying David and say we'll put all those details up on at TSHNJ. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Let's uh, head back to the Oval. Yes, we should. Where um, a, a big moment for Virat Kohli, certainly in light of the way things are going for him recently, John. Yeah, 50 up for Kohli, 100 up for India. They're 105 for four. And two games really taking place at the moment when Kohli's batting, uh, looking to uh, to get on with things. Loves to get bat on ball. Uh, it does prove to be his undoing at times, especially with the ball's moving around a little bit. And it is uh, moving around a little bit. There's a, uh, a good ball there from Robinson, which uh, cuts Rahane, I think, in half. Uh, lucky not to get an inside Ooh. edge. Actually, no, it's Kohli. So uh, Kohli's uh, living slightly dangerously. Maybe just to the bat inside, actually. Uh, Rahane, though, almost going uh, shotless and scoreless. Five from 19. Uh, but as long as Kohli's keeping that scoreboard ticking along, uh, India won't mind that too much. We've had one wicket in the session. That was Jadeja. Uh, he was dismissed for 10. Uh, England have seen Kohli dropped in the slips. Uh, there's been a few plays and misses along the way. Uh, but uh, India grimly holding on here at the Oval. 105 for four. Thanks very much, John. Back to John uh, throughout the afternoon. You've been telling us a few football shirt mm. tales today. Um, I used to work for a large sportswear company, no longer trading. We never had um, uh, four stops. And Van Nistelrooy signed for United, so I had to just cut up L's. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever noticed, says oh, Martin. Yeah. Thank you very oh, much. You asked it. this earlier on. I was in the Spurs <clears throat> shop this morning and saw <clears throat> someone getting E Royale 12 yeah. on the back of a shirt. My son was only brave enough to get 10 cane today. Well, might need a new Is one it? at Christmas. I mean, that's the thing. I suppose the club shop know what the player's going to have on the back of their shirt yeah, because I otherwise suppose. you don't want that. You don't find you're just going to have Emerson or Royale and you've got E Royale, which is great in Yorkshire. <laughs> e. But uh, beyond that, not much good. Thank you, Alex, uh, for letting us know. Yeah. I was young and skinned, so I had to have Fox 7 on my shirt as I was paying by the letter, <laughs> says uh, Kevin, the oh, Spurs yeah. fan. Paying by the letter is the theme, yeah. Names on shirts. I had a friend who was service manager at a garage in Nottingham. He once noticed how many uh, one of the technicians was a tad grumpy he then asked what the problem was he said Forrester charging 50p a letter on the <coughs> replica shirts and my lad wants Collymore plus his number <laughs> <laughs> so um, they ran out of ease uh, because of Iran at Manchester United's mega store they ran out of ease because of Troy Deeney in Birmingham so you've been telling us a few tales of the names and numbers on the back of the shirts and being the outlier being the one that goes for the less obvious <laughs> Shirt. Uh, me and my friend Danny went to Barcelona and watched him play Jerez in um, 2009. Whilst in the club shop, he looks at all the shirts, the Messis, the Iniestas, the Javis, etc. And I said, I'm going to go left field with this one. And I got the shirt with the name uh, Krijinski, <laughs> 21. <laughs> yeah. Even even they had to look it up. A young player that probably didn't <laughs> have many people. Even he has to look up how to spell his own name. I think he probably does. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry if I pronounced it wrong. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Just check in once again with John Norman at the Oval watching England versus India in the fourth test. 
106 for five at India. Don't go anywhere because uh, Rishabh Pant's at the crease. He's yet to get off the marks. Faced 11 deliveries, uh, but he's just come down the track and had a massive, uh, wild swipe at a length delivery from Ollie Robinson. He missed it by a mile, but that gives you some indication of where this game is going. Uh, Ajinka Rahane, um, a complete opposite end of the spectrum. 34 deliveries, six not out, but since that wicket of Kohli, uh, for 50, caught behind from the bowling of Robinson, his second wicket today, this game, uh, possibly decisively moving towards England again. 106 for five, India. Thanks very much, John. Um, now, uh, we've been keeping you in touch with the uh, the Racing League, the inaugural Racing League here on the show, uh, because uh, Rupert Bell is a team manager alongside the absentee mm. Alan Brazil. <laughs> Not been to one. Just not been involved. Um, and Lizzie Kelly, the former jockey who uh, works with Rupert as, uh, as part of the commentary team. She's also uh, a team manager for Racehorse Lotto. Um, now, um, there was a while back when um, Lizzie was quite high up the table and Rupert was sort of languishing. Yeah, there was a lot, lot of trash talk when there this was started an between awful the two. Lot of trash <laughs> talk. But suddenly we find the situation now where Rupert's in the ascendancy, Team Talksport, and they can actually go and win it. Uh, tonight. Ooh. So um, let's see what Lizzie makes of that. Lizzie Kelly and Rupert Bell joins now. Good afternoon to you both. Good afternoon. Hello. What's gone wrong, Lizzie? Let's start. <laughs> yeah, bad what's, bad what's management. What's going on? Sack the manager. Racehorse. Kelly Lotto. out. Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. The last couple of weeks have taken a sour turn. Oh, um, yeah, we haven't really performed oh. to the best of our ability. Um, unfortunately, I have no referee to blame on this on this occasion. But um, we're gonna we're even if we won um, a couple of races tonight, I think we're very much out of it. Well, you're not you're not being relegated, are no. you? So you're so, you're solidly mid table, which yeah. I, I mean, there are a lot of teams that have been frankly quite pathetic. So oh, okay. I'm pretty pleased that I'm not in that. <laughs> Can you get the lads together? Are you in? In the, in the stable and just have a good chat and yeah exactly yeah. we just go again we go again next yeah, year yeah just try to re revamp the team next year well, Rupert Bell clearly it was a kind of it was a slow burner from you Rupert you, you were always in control you were quite happy to sit there and take all the abuse from Lizzie knowing full well that every, your your horses would train on and you'd be in this position now. Well, I've, I've had such an influence on the trainers. Uh, I've been <laughs> talking to my brother every hour and James Fanshawe is just hanging on my every word. And Roger Varian has been saying, Rupert, why aren't you a full-time trainer? Uh, not. Uh, so, um, but I'm excited about our chances tonight. We've got three favourites which uh, in the first three races. But can I make a confession on air? Uh, oh, Lizzie's yeah. just oh. been on a train for six hours. She's going to make a confession about the coffee she's been drinking. Okay. But I drove to Newcastle, and I now realise why I like flying to Newcastle, because I had to drive past the Angel of the North, mm -hmm. and it gives me the heebie-jeebies mm. every time I see it. Why? It what gives, is it I don't know. I don't know. It gives me the creeps. It's oh. supposed to be this great <laughs> thing. But as I look at the Angel of the North, a shudder comes across my body, and I think, <laughs> who thought that that was a good idea? to put it there. Mm. It's more like the devil of the north as wow. far as I'm concerned. Well, Sorry. Well, were you yeah. once accosted by a giant man with his arms outstretched? <laughs> is, it, is, is it like a bad memory or something? Well, I, I don't know. I need to go and see Jung, Freud or someone to discuss my angst about the um, angel of the north. But it, yeah. uh, you know what, Lizzie, do you share my... Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, about? I've never seen it. Well... <laughs> 
Uh, well, if you drive the down the A1, you'll see, well, no, you won't because you're mm. on the train. But anyway, I've got to go past it tomorrow, and I'm I'm already in fear. Do you know so... what you've got to do, Rupert? It's, it's, yeah. I've I've seen it. You go close up, you can yeah. walk up to it, and everything. Maybe you've got a, you've got you know a bit go like you're yeah, the snakes, yeah. get a snake round your neck. What you've got to do <laughs> is go up to it, park up, walk mm. up the hill, and confront it. You have got to hug the angel of the north. Yeah, that's what you need to do. Yeah, let it into your life, Rupert. Or whenever you drive past it, just shut your eyes for. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Then, then I may be going to meet the angel yeah. or the devil. I don't know. I think you might be. What was wrong with the coffee then, Lizzie, on the train? I mean, oh. what were you expecting? They don't normally have a barista on the train. I, I don't know what your expectation did. was. I think, well, I was on a train for seven hours, oh, wow. um, which was quite a mammoth trip anyway. Mm. And um, the coffee was... Well, it was just revolting. I mean, there's no no two ways wow. about it. I don't mind. I'm not a like coffee connoisseur or anything. As long as it's sort of hot and milky, I don't really mind. But um, it was just like disgusting. Okay, oh, dear. Yeah. Seven hours of disgusting coffee. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, when, when you're on a train for seven hours, you sort of need something to keep you going, That's don't right, you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, this doesn't sound much like we're talking much about racing. I'm, no, I'm, no, interested, no. In, I'm, in, I'm interested in tonight's let's, racing. Let's remedy the form it. because Jack Mitchell yeah. is the talk sport yeah. jockey. Good stuff. And I read today he must hunt down Haley Turner in a racing sense, obviously, because that that, that is so. But he's got some good rides tonight, which is why you're confident, Rupert. Yeah, and in the first race, second slip, which given cricket, um, it might be an appropriate winner mm. for James Fanshawe. That's our first one, and looks a hot favourite. Then he's riding a horse for my brother, Ace Rothstein, who won just over nine days ago and looks to be uh, a reasonable thing in the 6.35. And then we've got another one, Bonneval, for James Fanshawe again. So Jack could be the top jockey. He's, he's really embraced the racing league throughout and um, he's very good at Newcastle, riding Newcastle. So fingers crossed, Jack is the man uh. to steer TalkSport to stop Thoroughbid and uh, Goat Race who are the first and second. We've got a bit of a gap, so I think we do need to win at least two races. But hopefully, come 7-0, we've won three races, and, and then, then we um, build on that and we collect the trophy. And yeah. Alan Brazil will then say, oh, it's all down to him. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, but he's <laughs> but currently on a golf course yes. uh, doing his golf day. I, I have, he is the lesser-spotted Brazil when it comes to being a manager. Oh. <laughs> Well, are. enjoy both of you. I Liz, can I just well say, tonight. Lizzie, can I recommend to you a product called an AeroPress, which is uh, you can it's the best thing for camping if you want nice ca- coffee when you're camping. So <laughs> yeah. on the train it would be nice as well. You have to carry your own, you have to carry it around with you, but right. all you'd have to ask for then is a cup of hot water. AeroPress, it really puts a lot of pressure and you make your own proper coffee. It's very, very nice. What about that? Yeah, you got okay. sounds sounds great. I mean, I'd probably a little bit extra to sort of get all that out on the well, on the tiny little table that you get. I was in trying the to help you, but you sound like you're not bothered. Yeah. So, <laughs> if, if, trying to help you, Lizzie. To be honest, well, <laughs> thank you, thank you for your advice. I shall look into it. I shan't it. bother next yeah. time. They sell them in Newcastle. Don't you? you can find a shop at yeah. Where, yeah. Where can you find yeah, them? Yeah. Yeah. Also, we were asking, we were wondering how much. Oh, the, yes. How much do the st- people who put the horses into the stalls get the paid? Stall handlers. Charlie. I was thinking, is it like fifty quid a day sort of thing, or is it fifty quid a day? Is it more? Sort of skilled job than that. 
Uh, yeah, no, I'm not. I wouldn't be able to tell you what what they aren't, but um, they not not because it's a secret, oh. just because I don't know. Um, but does anybody know? Are. Does anybody know? Um, but no, it's a, it, quite a lot of them. Of quite a lot of the handlers will ride out in the morning and then go to the races in the afternoon. Oh. Um, and I'm not sure what they are, but it's, some, it's, it's decent. Full, it's some of it's full time. It's a full time job oh, for right, some. Okay. Yeah, so it's a decent wage. It's very, it is a very skilled job. Okay. They have to you oh, know right. be able to deal with. It's not you know they're not always easy the horses they no. won't always just walk straight in no. so i think no. there's quite a lot of um training i did think it do. was a job i didn't think it was just people like you know just off the street what, just, just, <laughs> any old, just, any just, old. just into it <laughs> I, I, think, I don't know about that Charlie. i suggested i suggested maybe a horse whisperer then you wouldn't need all that oh, brute yeah, force in, yeah. just well, there are the... there is a there are people that that sort of well, i wouldn't maybe say horse whisperers but they have a technique of what they call Gareth Rutherford, rutherford isn't it rutherford. uh yeah well they can they can calm a horse they, and they yeah. have different equipment and stuff yeah. like that and they um they run a business off off oh, okay. being able to get horses into the stalls that are otherwise oh, quite difficult there we are, so. the rutherford technique there we'll, have to, we'll have to master that child find that, Make and that then, then we'll get into it yeah. make coffees with our aeropress on the train we'll be real <laughs> way that's it we're off that's we've solved a lot there in the last five minutes okay look enjoy tonight i hope it goes well thanks for joining us thank you no worries uh, there we are. That's Rupert Bell and Lizzie Kelly. There were your commentary team tonight. It's over on Talk Sport too, isn't it? We bring you, uh, and it's, it's it's on Sky if you've got access mm. to a TV. But if you haven't, certainly uh, listen to us here on the Talk Sport. It's been the inaugural one. It's gone rather well. And uh, yep, Rupert uh, could uh, be presiding over a victory for Team Talk Sport and oh, nice. watching Alan take all the Lift credit the for it on breakfast tomorrow. Fully John Terry. <laughs> That's right, he will. <laughs> turn, up turn up in the, in the silks. In, turn up in his Talk Sport silks, big Alan, <laughs> and be chaired around Newcastle. So there we are. We've got the birthday spread coming up uh, for you very shortly. Andy Jacobs will join us. Uh, Jeff Peters, who's not in his nerve centre today. Oh. So um, more on that in a moment. Oh, yeah. But uh, and we'll keep you in touch, of course, with the cricket. 111 for five. Uh, India at the moment. They're teeing around 10 minutes' time, and we'll catch up with John Norman. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There has been another wicket yes, uh, at the Oval in the game between uh, India and England. Let's get the details from John Norman. Yeah, another wicket for England. It's just been unrelenting pressure on the Indian batsman, uh, no matter who's been bowling. Anderson, uh, we're just having a little look at uh, whether this carried, by the way. Uh, it was Moeen Ali at Gully, or uh, fourth slip, diving to his right. He claimed the catch. Um, it's just a question whether it's bounced off his uh, palms onto the ground before nestling back in his hands. I think that's good to go. So Rahane makes his way. But as I say, unrelenting pressure from uh, this... Uh, uh, conveyor belt of right arm seamers that England uh, uh, seek, uh, seem to produce uh, more often than not. Overton this time uh, on that back of a length, uh, forcing the batsman to play. And uh, as I say, Rahane has been caught by Ali, diving to his right for 14. That's a sixth wicket to fall here at the over. Rahane's not going anywhere. We're still having a look at this. But I think that's out. 117 for six. And they're tough conditions, John, to bat in at the moment, aren't they? Well, they are. They are very, very tough conditions. But I tell you what, it's more to do with the the accuracy of mm. all four bowlers. You know, you've got swing and seam from Anderson. Uh, the same for the returning Wokes, who's possibly been the standout bowler. And then Robinson, Rahane is out, by the way, he's just making his way off the field. Um, and then Robinson and Overton bowl from such a height. Um, there's no great pace in and amongst that, and that, that will be something that England will be concerned about with the tour to Australia to come. Um, but, you know, from that, that height, again, managing to get uh, purchase from the seam, 
it's it's just almost impossible to get on top of this England attack as things stand. And when you consider uh, that we're uh, watching an England team without the services of Archer, without Broad, Stokes, um, yeah, England are in a good position here. Uh, after winning the toss, deciding to bowl, justifying that decision for sure. India, 117 for six. Thank you, John. Uh, which means uh, uh, Andy Jacobs, who's joining us now for the birthday spread, probably in good spirits. They're bowling well, aren't spirits. they? Oh, very good spirits. Yeah, they're bowling well. That was. Whenever you look at those catches, they always look like they didn't take them. It looks no. like it hit the ground, but obviously it didn't. No, it didn't. They had a good close forensic look at it. So, uh, this is the way mm. the birthday spread works. You haven't heard it before. Let me explain. We have... Ten birthdays. Andy has uh, uh, handpicked uh, ten people whose birthdays were oh, yeah. this week. Uh, some of them are famous, some of them not so famous. They're obviously much tougher to guess because it is the job of myself and Charlie Baker to guess how old these people are. Mm. Uh, it's as simple as that, really. And um, we, if we're sort of ten years out, uh, obviously, that goes... Or more. Or more. That goes against <laughs> us. A margin of error will build, and it's the one... Uh, who has uh, arrived at the 10 birthdays in the uh, shortest uh, amount of uh, years out. Yeah. That is the winner. Pretty simple. It's pretty simple, oh, really. So um, there we are. Um, we need someone to keep score, of course, uh, yes. as well as uh, supplies with the birthdays uh, and the gags. And that is Jeff Peters. Good afternoon, Jeff. Good afternoon to you. How are you, gentlemen? Yeah, very not, well, not thank in you, your nerve centre today. Uh, in, a, in a different nerve centre. If, if anyone wants to go on my Instagram story at Mr Jeff Peters, then they'll see what the nerve centre looks like today. Oh, what, okay. a, what a media mover he is. Can you, can you plug in his Instagram? <laughs> can you paint yeah, pictures with words now? Where, where, where are you? Are you overseas? <laughs> uh, there are palm trees. Oh, oh he's in Torquay. Okay. He's in Torquay. Yeah. Cool. Torquay seafront. <laughs> okay, so there we are. Our job is to guess the 10 birthdays, and um, Pele often helps us out uh, musically. And here he is. So, Charlie, you week. won last week, didn't okay. you, Charlie? So let's now attempt to guess the birthdays. The first one today, Andy, who is it? It's a very happy birthday to the great long jump champion. It's never really been equal, certainly, in the Olympics. Bob Beeman. Bob Beeman. And uh, Bob, he had a real struggle during lockdown with social distancing. Everyone he knew insisted on being 29 foot 2 inches away from him, you know, just in case. There we are. 68. Bob Beeman, 68, 68. you're saying. I'm going for Bob Beeman. Um, I'd say he's a bit older than that. I'd say he's about 80. 75. Oh, sorry, Bob, if you're listening. Okay. So, uh, uh, Jeff, where are we at after that? Yeah. It's Paul 5, Charlie 7. Okay. Uh, that's, I was thinking uh, he's probably in his 20s. I was 5 out, you yeah, were 7 yeah. at the Olympics. Yeah, that's what I was trying to yeah. work out, yeah. Here we go. Okay. Uh, it's very happy birthday to the actress Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig. And I'm a big fan of her millinery range, but I'm not sure it suits me. You can always tell when I'm wearing a wig. Yeah. <laughs> Marvellous. Thank you. Uh, Christian Wig. I'll go. Christian Wig is 42. 42. 42. Oh, you've gone with. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's good. She's sort of a bit older than your average actress, leading actress, because she got fame later, didn't she? Yeah, so I think you're right. 44. She's 48, but it's great. Max wouldn't even know who she was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Bridesmaids, Bridesmaids. Yeah, it's just, yeah, the, yeah, just the best yeah, film, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Bridesmaids. So, oh, yeah, good film, mate. So, Jeff, how, uh, how many was I out? How many was um, uh, Charlie out? Paul, you were six out. Charlie, you were four out. It's 11, plays 11. Ooh, okay, 11 plays 11. Okay. 
It's a very happy birthday to the singer-songwriter Sir Ivan Van Morrison. Sir Ivan Ooh, Van Morrison. Van Morrison. And uh, he's produced dozens of albums, but my favourite is a little-known one he recorded with the late, great Eric Hall. What's that coming over the hill? Van Monster. Van Monster. Oh, okay. oh that's <laughs> nice. They're still paying out. So, okay. um, so this is uh, Sir Ivan Looking Van Morrison. Looking forward to the Selco joke later on. Is the, is, is the Van Morrison the Van Morrison we all know and love? Is it? Van, Van Morrison. Van Morrison. Moon Dance. Yeah, and other hits. And other, yeah. and the best, and others, the yeah. best of Van Morrison, and the best of Van Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> to name but two. Um, I'm gonna say he is 77. Okay, he's an irascible old devil by yeah, all accounts. Yeah, we've never had him on yeah. before. Utterly miserable, apparently. It's a great yeah. Richard Gere story that I can't possibly tell at oh. this time of day. <laughs> But uh, anyway, we'll move on. Um, it's not that one, um, <laughs> which I also can't tell at this time of day. But um, uh, yeah, uh, Van Morrison, 82. Oh. 76. Oh. He wouldn't have liked me putting six years on oh, him, would he? Wow, so, um, how many out was I? How many was uh, Charlie out, Jeff? Paul, you were six out. Charlie was one out. It's Paul 17, Charlie 12, playing okay. the game very well. Yeah, this is where it gets tricky, though, okay. because those are the only three I think you know. These are all people you probably don't know. Okay. I might do, be doing them a disservice. He's the chief executive of the Atomic Weapons Establishment, <laughs> Ian, <laughs> Ian Coucher. Ian Coucher. Yeah. One of the strangest jobs I ever had when I drove a minicab was when I dropped Ian off and I was summoned to a house where Kevin Keegan, Kevin Keelan, Kevin Kilban, Kevin Kiranyi and Kevin Klein were holding a gathering. I went from Coucher to 5K. Oh, that's lovely. That's, that's really lovely. It's not necessarily funny, but it's well clever. Done, Andy. I mean, we, we, uh, you showed your workings out. We enjoyed it. That was good. That was good. Yeah. Um, it was special. Special K. Yeah. Go on. Here we go. Fifty-nine, Charlie. I'm going to stick yeah, my neck out there. Ian. I'm trying to think of the name Ian. There's not many Ians under certain age, are there? Yeah. So, um, chief executive, sixty-three. Sixty. Oh, so what there? What does that done to the scores, Jeff? Uh, Paul, just a one out. Charlie, three out. Paul, 18. Charlie, 15. 18, 15 is the running total of years we have been out so far on the birthday. So just before half time, what? Yeah, Andy, next one. Yep, last birthday before half time is the uh, cellist, Professor Derek Avis. Professor Derek Avis. And he also runs an after dinner speakers agency, agency rather, for several old forest players. I bought Franz Carr from him, Avis Carr. (laughs) Dear me. Car. Like his wife, Mavis, his wife. Yeah, Mavis is Mavis, Mavis. Avis. Mavis, Avis. If you were Mavis and you met a guy called Avis. Hello, Mavis, Avis. Would you call it off? He probably would. I can't do it. I can't do it to myself. It's not you, it's me. Actually, it is you, it's your name. Uh, right. And their son, is Davis. It's you, yeah, yeah. Okay. Davis Avis. I once, yeah. try, I try, once tried to convince someone that Nick Clegg's mum was called Peg. Peg Clegg. She could be a Margaret, yeah. couldn't she? <laughs> anyway. Okay. Okay. Uh, so say his name again. <laughs> what does he do? <laughs> Professor Derek Avis. Yes. The cellist. Cellist yeah. Derek Avis. 56. Oh, I think he might be a bit older than yeah. I don't I've got a clue. 72. 73. Oh! Yeah. 
There it is, a pro. Oh, a bloke. Oh, Good time to score just before half time. I was much closer than Charlie. Smashed, I think I was just one off, it, wasn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Jeff. Yeah, so Paul one out again. Uh, Charlie 17 out, having a bit of a rush done there. Uh, it's Paul 19, Charlie 32 at the halfway stick. Well, delicately poised then. It is uh, tea at the cricket. Uh, we'll ca- uh, catch up with John Norman very shortly. And we'll bring you the second half of the birthday spread in a few moments. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, at the halfway stage of the birthday spread, yeah. I have been cumulatively... 19 years out on the five birthdays so far. That's very good, Paul, isn't it? And you have been... 32 years out cumulatively yeah. on the birthday. I let myself down. I, I started to get involved with the jokes. But on, uh, as, on we, the last as bit. we go into the second half, <laughs> they birthdays, the, they, they do become far more volatile yeah. because of the nature of the sort of people Andy's talking about, emeritus professors and stuff like that. So, anyway, here's Pele again. Just to let you know, okay. 122 for six at T uh, India. So, Andy, what's the next one? It's the president of Taiwan, Tsai uh, Ing-wen. Tsai Ing-wen. I used to play football with him, actually. Uh, he was an incredibly bad loser. He just wasn't himself if he wasn't victorious. You're only Ing-wen, you're winning. <laughs> Dear me. Um, how are what country did you say? Uh, Thai, Taiwan. Taiwan. Wow, I don't know the Taiwan. Taiwan. Uh, Tai Ing Wen. Yeah. Um, 62, Charlie. It's a very difficult mm, president, one. Is it President the, Tsai Ing Wen? Yeah. I'm going to... I'm going to try and claw it back here. I'm going to go 80. Wow. <laughs> That's a big mistake. Oh. <laughs> You're 65. Oh, <laughs> no. no. This could be oh, it. Gone, yeah. could gone. be over. Well, no, no, not, not necessarily. Yeah, Jeff, how many years was I? How many years was Charlie out? Paul, you were three out. Charlie was... Uh, 15. 15. Yep. So that takes oh, him dear. to... Seven. And Sai Ingwen has got lots of farming fields. He keeps them immaculate, full of grass and trees. I do like Ingwen's green and pleasant lands. Oh, well, that's, that's not bad. Good, yeah, not bad. Considering he's, quick. he's probably yeah, very quick. He's on holiday. 40, so was that, that one on the waiter in the hotel. 47 <laughs> playing what, Jeff? Oh. Could you remind me? Uh, 47-22. 22. We lost you there, okay. 22, 47. But anything can happen. Here we go. Next one. Okay. It's Lord Jerry Grimstone of Boscobel. Lord Jerry Grimstone of Boscobel. Investment Minister, Chairman of Barclays Bank from 2018 and 19, and Standard Life Aberdeen from 2017 to 18. A lot of information about him. Lord Jerry mm. Grimstone. And he's a real barbecue expert. He always gets his coals just right. There's something about fire and grimstone. Yeah, <laughs> very good. I think he's 88. Oh, I don't think he's that old. I could be wrong. Um, I'd go he's um, 73. <laughs> You're on form today. He's 72. Oh, my Ooh, goodness me. What's that? What a thrash. That, this is a thrashing. Yeah. What's that done to the scores? This is unbelievable. I'm just trying to work it oh, out. Okay. <laughs> probably had a few beers. One job he's got. <laughs> one job. <laughs> You've only got one job. <laughs> so there's a 40 in it with three to play. Oh. So you, we lost you there. You started winning a bit Norman Collier. Could you remind us of the, the scores, Jeff? 23-63. 23 63. 23 63. This will be making Max feel better. Really? Yeah, really? 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 He'll be very happy. He'll have a good day in quarantine. Just trying to save face <laughs> now. That's I think. at all possible. Playing, um, for pr- playing for pride. Um, okay, here we go then. 
Okay, he's the uh, industrialist global investor, Warren Buffett. Warren oh. Buffett. And uh, I was doing the catering for one of his lavish parties, and he came into the kitchen and said, will there be enough food? I said, it'll be all-you-can-eat Buffett. All-you-can-eat Buffett, <laughs> um, yeah. Thank nearly you. messed, I messed up. up. Um, I did. Well, he's getting on now, Warren Buffett, isn't he? Uh, 89. What do you think, Charlie? I was going to go up there as well, but that doesn't do anything. Well, he's not 23, do anything so it's difficult me, does it? for it's you, the trouble, it? yeah. 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 Um, 89 I'll go uh, uh, 85 yeah stay in it stay in it Charlie that's the key yeah 91 oh okay ah, he's, going going he's quite old so wh- where are we Jeff Jeff's Paul you've got two out Charlie Jeff's on the six beach. out Paul 25 <laughs> uh, Paul 25 <laughs> Charlie 69 69 oh, 69 plays uh, yeah. 25 but you're this your first this time let's see how it goes here we go Okay, he's the Prime Minister of the Czech Republic, Andrej Babis. Mm. Andrej Babis. And I organised a trip uh, for the whole family to go to Villa Park with Stan Collymore, yeah. but they annoyed him <laughs> by running late. Stan said, come on, me Babis. Me Babis, <laughs> yes. Um, um, okay, what do you think? I think he's uh, 55. Yeah, I'd say 60. I'm going to go 60, Andy. 67. Oh, okay, gosh. so uh, Jeff, okay. as we go into the last one, can't get close. what are the scores? What a boring game. Yeah, 32 <laughs> plays. 32 plays what, Jeff? 81. 81. Oh, okay, well, this is the final one then. At least, it's been, at least it's been slick. It's, 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 yeah, that's it. Honestly, it's been like a well-oiled machine. So, uh, here we go. I'll go first as I'm, I'm leading. Okay, yeah. landowner and director of the Vesti Food Group, Lord William Vesti, Lord Vesti. <laughs> and for a while, I was his valet, but I got the sack for omitting to put his personal protector in his cricket bag. Got a P45 for forgetting Lord Vesti's box. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to be <laughs> a one for the listeners around Cheltenham time. Yeah. Uh, Lord Vesti, um, 69. 78. Oh, Charlie, you should have gone lower. 38. Oh, no, I could have. Oh, it was a trick oh, one. Dear. Oh, dear. So. Terrible, terrible day. He's the new Lord Vesti, the old Lord Vesti. Yes, yeah, sadly, no longer with us, Sharon. Yeah, no I'm playing the tribute. I'm taking it too lightly. I'm yeah. taking it too lightly. Young Lord Vesti. Okay, so. Um, I'm under the, a Vesti. What were the, what were the final <laughs> scores? <laughs> uh, I hope you can still hear me. Paul, 63. Charlie, 61. <laughs> Uh, sorry, sorry. Well, we missed the end there. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're back in the nerve centre next week, Jeff. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Marvellous. Okay. It's a, just get back in. It's like a small man in a box. It's like Rob Bryden. Uh, brilliant. Okay. Thank you very much, Jeff. Uh, enjoy the rest of your holiday. Uh, Andy, you're, you're here tomorrow, aren't you? Oh, yes, I'm back tomorrow. Marvellous. Okay, we'll uh, we'll have uh, some clips of the week for you and uh, all that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Charlie, you're back on Saturday. Back on you? Saturday morning with uh, Mark Smith. Yes. For the uh, 10 till 1 Saturday because it's an international weekend. And then? All the usual rubbish. And then back with you next week. Fantastic. Yep, Charlie will be with me uh, on Tuesday. So, uh, uh, Andy will be here tomorrow. So if you can listen in, great. If not, podcasts will be available about 4.30. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.